Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Mesilas Hasharim. Uh, we are in the middle of uh, chapter 11, which is the um, trait of Nikias, like we we're saying, and we're really knee-deep into the subject of stealing and dishonesty, <clears throat> mostly focusing business. And as we keep, the Rachel keeps reiterating, we're not talking about Obviously, a stealer that goes in someone's pocket, take us hundred dollars, put it in his pocket. It's more that we have in the business that we de- that we're dealing with business matters, and sometimes we tend to be a little more lenient with our with ourselves when it comes to business because we see that it's different. You don't have to be so honest when it comes to business. We said we spoke about how Akadosh Baruch Hu, you know, uh, and that stealing from man is worse than stealing it from God. And we brought different proofs to that, such as why stealing it from God is mentioned after stealing from man and so on. So <clears throat> the sum of the matter is, right, as we said here, if one is paid, if one is in the paid employ of his fellow for any work whatsoever, all of his hours are thereby sold for that time. It belongs to the employer. That means if you take time for yourself, Without the permission of the employer, that is stealing. You have to understand, and must you have to really, um, uh, <clears throat> you have to really know what you're allowed to do, what you're not allowed to do at work. Now, moreover, even if one person, even if a person performed a, a mitzvah during the time of the work, it's really important to know that that mitzvah will not come to light. That not that mitzvah will not be a fi- asset to you when it comes time for reward. In fact, it's going to be worse. It's going to be a transgression. It's going to be an avera because you did not have permission to stop and do a mitzvah while you were working. You were employed by someone else at the time. And we have a proof to this because it says clearly that God does not like an old, a, 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 a sacrifice offering that was brought with a stolen animal. <clears throat> and furthermore, if someone stole wheat and then grounded it up and made it, and made it to bread and then made a, a blessing on this bread, HaKadosh Baruch Hu does not like this blessing. He, he calls it blasphemy as it's written clearly. And a robber makes a blessing as blasphemed Hashem. And furthermore about this, it's such, and furthermore about things of such nature, it is said, woe to this one who whose defender becomes his accuser. What does that mean your defender becomes your accuser? When you do a mitzvah, during a time when you're not supposed to be doing it, like when you're at work and you don't have permission to do it. So normally a mitzvah is your defender. It comes in to defend you when you uh, needed needed saving. But however, this mitzvah was done without the permission of your employer. And therefore it's not coming to save you. It's coming to harm you, as we've just said. <clears throat> and they bring another proof, like with a stolen lulav, when it comes to sukkahs, if you have a stolen lulav, Kodesh Baruch does not want you to use it. Now, and logic dictates <clears throat> that there's no difference between the two cases, because in truth, stealing an object is theft, and stealing time is theft. So now that Rachel is going to go and explain that you might say, <clears throat> one second, we're talking about stealing objects here, physical things, but time, what's the concept of stealing time? What does that mean? How do we steal time? So he's going to bring a, logic, a logical argument. For in truth, stealing an object is theft, and stealing time is theft, because just when one steals an object and performs a mitzvah with it, what should have been his defender becomes his accuser, so too when one steals time and performs a mitzvah with the act of that time, what should have been his defender becomes his accuser as well. And this is 
because the Holy One, blessed he desires nothing but faithfulness. <clears throat> and thus does the scripture state, Hashem safeguards those who are faithful. And it says clearly, open the gates so the righteous nation, keeper of faithfulness, may enter. And it says even further, my eyes are upon the faithful of the land that they may dwell with me. Which means you need to be faithful in order to dwell with God. And it says, furthermore, Hashem, your eyes are turned only towards faithfulness. And Eve too, Eve testified about himself and said very clearly, if my steps ve ever veered from the proper way, or if my heart ever went after my eyes, or if anything belonging to my fellow ever clung to my hands, let sorrow come before me. Now, see the subtleness and the beauty of Eve's words. He says, he compares the subtleness of theft to a sick to a sticky substance that clings to your hand of a person, right? So sometimes <clears throat> it just happens to be in our, you know, you ever go to the grocery store and, you know, when your kids decides to put a chocolate bar or eat a chocolate bar, or put one in your pocketbook, because, you know, they, they just grab things off, especially in the checkout counters, all those candies that are there, people grab them. Sometimes kids grab them, you don't see them, and they walk out, and then you're only, you're halfway home, and you realize that your child has you know, uh, something from the store that does not belong to you. So someone's, you know, a lot of people rationally say, nah, they don't want me to go back or I can't go back. It's sort of a far, I you know, how far I have to travel, the traffic. You know, so that's the Eos Marshall. It, I didn't steal it. It happened to be there. It clung to my hands. My child took it. I didn't really take, mean to take it. Now it's here. It's here. I'm not going to do anything. It even says, even those I was mocked on, don't find anything, you know, um, in my hands. So, um, and so even though a sensible person does not deliberately go take it, rather became attached somehow. In the final analysis, regardless of how, how the intention, it's now stuck upon your hand. So that's the case with subtle theft. Even though a person would not go and steal outright, it is difficult for his hand to be completely free of theft in the course of normal business dealings. But in truth, all this difficulty in avoiding subtle theft results from the fact that instead of the heart ruling over the eyes, so as not to permit the property of others to seem appealing to them, the eyes influence the heart to seek rationalization for acquiring that which appears beautiful and desirable to them. And that's why Eve said that he did not do so. He did not, his heart did not follow his eyes. And that is why nothing clung to his hands. So that's a very important concept that we need to use our heart to make the decision and not our eyes. A lot of times our eyes influence us because we want it and it looks good and I want that. I need to figure a way to get it. That's the heart ruling over the, that's the eyes ruling over the heart. But if your heart, which is your common sense, or Victor Miller also used to teach heart lave as your mind. If your heart or your mind rules over your eyes, then you'll think logically and say, no, this doesn't belong to me. I got to be crazy to take, keep this and so on. And that's what we need to do. And that's ultimately the outcome of what a Nucky is taking the heart and ruling over everything else. We'll continue on the next podcast.